0: From Podcast One.
1: Coming up in this episode of Target USA. Have you heard of the Citgo 6? They are five Americans and one permanent resident being held against their will in Venezuela.
0: It was uh, the week of Thanksgiving in 2017. So on November 21st, uh, we got the news that Tomeo uh, was, was taken along with uh, these five other guys and um, When they were down in Venezuela for a work meeting, and to us it was just a very strange piece of news to hear. It was completely unexpected. Um, Dad didn't travel very often to Venezuela, but since that moment, um, he hasn't been home, and um, I haven't seen him, Uh, and we we miss him very much.
1: That's Cristina Vadel, daughter of Toméo Vadel. We'll hear his remarkable story of resilience and about their bravery and that of the others being held as we share the story of Americans caught in the politics of the Maduro regime and the politics of the U.S. Coming up on this edition of Target USA.
0: The National Security Podcast.
1: From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. This is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. Every day, we get up and go about our daily routines, work, school, or whatever. Most of the time, we go through the day just assuming we'll do what we always do and return home routinely. Most of us never give it a second thought that we might not come home. And I know this is hard to talk about, but we need to do that because this happens too often to people being kidnapped, being held against their will. Tomeo Vadel and five other people, all U.S. citizens or permanent residents, are being held in Venezuela by the government under very challenging circumstances. And on this episode of Target USA, we talk with Vadel's family about the ordeal.
2: This is Christina Vadel. I'm the daughter of Tomeo Vadel. And this is Denise Vadel, um, Tomeo Vadel's wife.
1: Okay. Thank you very much for joining us. And uh, I am very, very, very sorry that you are in this situation. And to me, this kind of thing just doesn't make sense. But I know there are a lot of bad people in the world who don't think logically. They don't do things according to the golden rule or any other rule except whatever is convenient for them. And I'm so sorry that your father and the others, the other members of the Sitco Six are in this situation. So let me just get started, if I might, um, by asking you, Denise, to tell us about your husband.
2: Well, my husband, uh, what can I say? He's just a wonderful man, um, wonderful husband. He's always uh, been very ethical. He's, um, he, he we just, um, this past 22nd of February, we did 34 um, years of marriage, and um, we have three children, three wonderful children, um, and he's really a very, very nice person. And anybody here in Lake Charles where we've lived for the past 20-plus um, years um, can attest to that. If you ask anybody here in Lake Charles, if, you know, anybody that knows him, not only here in Lake Charles, knows what a, what a great person he is and... Um, mm-hmm. When an honest man he is,
1: mm-hmm. so Christina, would you please uh, set the scene for us? Uh, he's he's being held captive, and I believe he's being held captive in Venezuela. Would you set the scene for how this took place?
0: Sure, sure. so I guess we could start from when this happened, which was uh, it was uh, the week of thanksgiving in twenty seventeen, so on november twenty first. Uh, we got the news that uh, Tomeo was, was taken along with uh, these five other guys um, when they were down in Venezuela for a work meeting. And to us, it was just a very st- a strange piece of news to hear. It was completely unexpected. Um, Dad didn't travel very often to Venezuela, but since that moment, um, he hasn't been home, and um, I haven't seen him. Uh, and... We, we miss him very much. Um, since, since that happened, uh, they spent the first 748 days in the basement of a counterintelligence military agency um, called the Dehesim in Caracas, Venezuela. Um, then at that point, they were granted this uh, quote-unquote house arrest, though my father does not have a residence in Venezuela. Um, they were held in-house arrest for about 58 days or so, two months-ish. And then uh, pretty recently this month on February 5th, um, he and, and the other men, which were all in different places at that time, were completely you know, taken from the house arrest without a quarter, court order. And we don't know 100% where they're being held. Uh, we presume it is in uh, the Helicoide, which is uh, one of the headquarters for Sabine, a bullet, uh, an, an intelligence uh, service uh, or intelligence police, you could say in Venezuela. Um, but since that day, which is now like about three weeks or so, um, my father has, and these men have been completely isolated, no phone calls, no lawyer access. Um, in fact... The lawyers consider right now the situation to be a forced disappearance mm-hmm. and uh, it's a very serious we're very concerned i mean my father is going to be uh, 61 this year um he's had he's gone through a lot of things um during this very long and arduous detention and um i'm, I'm really worried about his health i'm worried about his safety and um you know we really we really just want help in in, in resolving this and in, in bringing him home. Mm-hmm.
1: So, what do you think is the reason that they were snatched in the first place, and then secondly moved after what 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 appears to be a couple of years?
0: Yeah. So, I couldn't say for sure. I'd be speculating if I if I could tell you for sure why my father was taken. Um, I, I don't know. Um, but I do know that, uh, for whatever reason it is, it's it, nothing has come of it. Nobody's benefited from the pain and suffering that he's experienced, that these other people have experienced now for eight hundred and twenty seven days.
1: So who do you think is behind? so who do you think is behind this, though?
0: i I couldn't say for sure. I don't know. I mean, um so you don't you t- don't
1: you don't think it's the Venezuelan government
0: well, when when this happened, um, the there were reports in Venezuelan media uh, where you had uh, Tarek William Saab, the Attorney General for uh, Venezuela, and um, Nicolas Maduro also talking about these cases and saying that, you know, saying bad things about these men and my dad and and um, saying that they you know, they will be tried um, here in Venezuela as traders and whatnot. And, um, you know, I think there's gotta be a misunderstanding to be honest. Um, we're yeah. the kind of people that we work every day to forgive, yeah. um, whoever, you know, is doing this. Mm-hmm. And, um, we have plead to all the different stakeholders, including of course, the captors in Venezuela, um, because as we understand, yes, the Sabine and the Dehesim are agencies that um, that I believe Maduro has control over, right? And so we we plea with him, we plea with all that can make a difference here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, of course, including the United States government yeah. to resolve this situation. Because for whatever reason is happening, which is obviously much bigger than my father or any of these men, um you got to understand that it's human lives.
1: Yeah. So um, and yeah. So and Denise, feel free to jump in on this. But um, what is the U.S. government doing to help? And and please identify yourselves when you're speaking.
0: Sure. Well, we've um, like as I mentioned, we've we've uh, pleaded to everyone we can, and we've had multiple uh, visits to Washington, D.C. Um, to advocate, we think it's important to keep engaged all the people in Congress as well as uh, people in the State Department, um, and try to understand what kind of progress can be is is being made and what what more could be done. Right, and um, so we just want to make sure that officials across the government uh, across uh, the, our government know about my father's condition and the urgency um, that that exists here. The fact that we're so far in this now, we don't even know for certain where he's being held because nobody can see even see him or talk to him right now is incredibly concerning and um, and he's being held in Venezuela where um, with you know while there isn't right now a, a like a a confirmed case of the coronavirus, I mean, there's all kinds of things that could be happening. and you worry about um, your loved ones health because we're not there to be able to support him um, or even know how he's really doing.
2: So.
1: Okay. Denise.
2: Yes. Well, we've, we've had contact with uh, a lot of people and, and like Christina said, um, and uh, we've talked with uh, Senator Cassidy from, for our state, Louisiana. He's been a great support. Um, but um, you know, I don't know exactly what they're doing or, or not. We're just praying for all the support that they can give us. Um, you know, there's all these diplomatic things that they might be doing, but we are not uh, informed of, of of any anything really. Mm-hmm. What this is, Christina.
0: Sorry, oh, just to close up on that on that thought. Sure. You know, we do have great faith in. Um, in a resolution here. And we know that uh, President Trump has been successful at bringing other Americans home safely from these sorts of situations. And so we're hoping that that can happen here. Um, and and that's what we continue to ask for,
1: uh, yeah. for
0: help. Yeah.
1: So I know you have been pretty active in uh, getting your own, um, I guess, effort uh, information effort up off the ground to sort of keep up with, uh, what's happening and make sure that people know what's going on to try to generate support. Tell us about your efforts to try to spread the word about this and what kind of response you're getting from people.
0: Yeah. So this is Christina, but, um, since, since day one, um, people have been very supportive in not just the, like Charles community, but from all over the world. Um, we have family uh, everywhere, and um, and friends everywhere, and uh, everyone has, since day one, wanted to know what more they can do. And so, what we continue to ask people, and what we've seen has helped, is to keep the pressure up with um, their uh, congress uh, members, of course, and um, but regardless of whatever kind of country they're in, even because we think that. Even international um, support is helpful in this situation as well. So we think that's important, keeping the awareness up. We um, truly advocate on various social media platforms and are and talk a lot on different. Um, we we talk with many reporters. We will we talk with anyone that would like to know more about what's going on, so that people stay informed about it. People know that it's still happening, and and also so that you know. Even though I know my father can't read any of this right now, um, he might be able to feel the support that he's getting, the love that he has, because um, there's a huge community, um, not just his family, that that miss him, that know um, what kind of person he is, and that know that it you know, a life is worth fighting for. and that's that's what we're doing. Um, yeah.
1: yeah, Denise, um it's my understanding yeah. that you. Um, Visited um, Caracas a couple of times, and um, because of uh, Mr. Varel's uh, health, um, you didn't recognize him. Is that correct?
2: Well, yes, the first time I went to visit, um, because i i I really hadn't traveled to see him because uh, he was very apprehensive of me traveling to to Venezuela. But finally, I just decided to go in it. and I went in, in July of uh, two thousand and eighteen and that was the first time I saw him. Um, and when I went into the room where he was, there was um, all these other gentlemen that were, you know, um, receiving visits, and um, they were all in uniforms. They had these um, like green overalls, and they were all sh- shaved the hair completely. So I looked around because I didn't see my husband. Like, I I truly didn't recognize him. So as soon as I get in there, I look around and he, he, from afar, he just, you know, lifted his hands up. He said, Denise, I'm here. And I was, like, shocked because he had lost 60 pounds. Wow. And, yeah, 60 pounds. And, you know, he was so thin and no hair. He looked like a... A, a prisoner of war and mm. it's not an exa- it's not an exaggeration and I don't know if you've seen the pictures but there's a picture where um, and it was taken in January of 2019 yeah. even so and it's uh it's just shocking to see him how how skinny he was and um, it hardly looked like him like yeah. I said and, and it was very very shocking um, and <laughs> And, um, you know, he always, he's, he's, like I said, he's just a great person and he's always very positive. So when I saw him, I, you know, I tried to not show my, my, my impressions that I was so shocked because when we, we hugged, it was like old bones. And I was like, uh, I didn't even know how to, you know, talk to him at that moment. And so he was just, you know, super nice with me that, um, he had, he was joking even like saying, you know, I've made a record here. I'm the only person that hasn't have hasn't had, um, visits in over, um, eight months, eight and a half months, I think it was at that time. Yeah. And, um, you know, trying to, to, to be positive and, and, and be, be, be nice just yeah. as he is. But, um, but the real thing is that I, I was completely shocked. Um, yeah. and he's very, like I said, positive, and he tries not to us, worry us. And um, he's always saying that he's, you know, working. His only job in there is to, to keep himself healthy in mind, body, and spirit, and that he's, you know, he's he's just fighting for that and um, to be able to be to return home soon, um, yeah. and just trying to be the best he can.
1: Yeah. So let me let me ask you a question about um, that that those visits um, during the course of your visits. Did you speak with anybody from the Venezuelan government? Did anybody? How did you get there, and how did you get into there, and and what was that? How was that arranged?
2: Well, um, the in this uh, military detention center, there's um, Saturdays and Sundays visits for. For all the, the detainees. so I um, I just went. Um, I I had to bring all my my documents, my um, um, marriage certificate, my passports, um, everything. So they would allow me to visit him. And uh, at that moment, uh, there was no problems for you know just just to 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 do the visits on weekends. Mm. Now sometimes they. Without any, you know, uh, notification, they just stop the visits. And like right now, the situation is completely different. We, we you know, there's no visits at all. And there's uh, no communication with the lawyers, nothing. They have them isolated, not only my husband, but the, the rest of the Citgo, um yeah. 6. So but we don't understand that because usually they they are supposed to be allowed, you know, visits. Um, and after that, yeah. And after, you know, that, that July visit, I went again in April of uh, 2019. And like I said, always against my husband, because he says, um, we already have this problem here with me. I don't want you, you know, to be caught in this and who knows what could happen to you. And so he doesn't want me to go. Yeah. But I did go again and see him and he's still, you know, very thin. He has gained a little bit of weight, but. Not much, and um, the last time I went was for his birthday in August uh, eighteen nine in last year yeah. uh, for his sixtieth birthday, and uh, that's the last time I saw him. Even uh, as soon as you know he was in the um, the house arrest, I wanted to go again to see him, but he was completely telling me not to go, so I I, I didn't go and visit him.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. This yeah. this is a difficult story to hear, and but it's got to be fifty times more difficult for you to live through. What is it that you would like for the U.S. government to hear from you on this on this day?
0: Well, JJ, this is Christina, and uh, well, I guess what we would like for the U.S. government to know is that this is uh, this is an urgent situation. Um, It's not something that happened yesterday. It's been going on for 827 days and counting. Um, Life is precious. Every moment counts. And we're doing everything we can do um, to bring him home. And we need their help in doing everything they can do um, to resolve this and to bring him home, because we know they can. We know this is resolvable. um, And and we realize that this isn't something that's just about my father, you know, and it's not even about his court case, which has been deferred over and over again. This is about something bigger. And but we need, you know, our government to you know, step up and, and take care of this um, because we've got Americans in need and it's human lives really in need. So yeah, please, yeah. please help us resolve this before it's too late.
1: And one one other thing I'd like to ask you, what, what kind of conversation have you had with U.S. government officials? Have you spoken to any specific officials, or, or how has that been going?
0: Yes, so we have been very grateful to speak uh, personally with various uh, individuals, particularly uh, we saw um, Secretary of State Pompeo uh, last year, along with other families um, that have uh, hostages abroad as well, Uh, around that same visit which was April 2019 we also met with Vice President Pence um, and we're also very grateful for the work that we know the State Department is doing um, to help resolve this we just you know we we always wish to know more about what's what's being done since time keeps going on and we hope that um, that everything possible is is truly being done so um, you know those are some of the people we've met, and um, there's been many more, and I do think there's a lot of energy um, out there, not just here in the U.S. but around the world, to 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 resolve this situation. A lot of love that's out there, and um, we really, we just, we 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 would really like um, to have to have this resolved as soon as possible. So yeah. we ask, yeah, we ask for them to to do everything
1: possible. Are there any final thoughts you'd like uh, to add before we finish up? <sighs> okay. si says it I says. I just,
2: yeah. I'm sorry. I just sometimes it's okay. I get a little emotional with this because it's so hard, you know.
1: Yeah.
2: And like I said, we just did 34 years of marriage, and this is my third anniversary without him, and it's been too long, you know. It's just two years and three months and counting, and and um, I'm, 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 I'm getting to a point where I, I don't know. You know, our lives have been stopped. Everything is you. You can't celebrate anything. Birthdays, graduations have passed. Um, and it's just sad. And I, we need this. We, I need my husband to come home, and I need all the support that the our government can give us um, to bring him home. Yes, thank you.
1: Well, thank you for sharing that story with us. Thank you, Denise. Thank you, Christina, both of you. And uh, thanks to Veronica, who was the first person we made contact with, and the rest of your family as well for being willing to talk to us and to share your story with us. And to Tomas, we are going to be thinking about him and making sure that people know about his situation until he is free. That I can promise you.
0: Thank you so much, JJ. We really appreciate your support and and everyone out there that is um, behind us and our father Tomeo Vadel. Um, we really we we know that this can be resolved and and we hope that um, that the will will get us to a resolution on this soon. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much.
1: That was the Vadel family. To them and to all of the members of the Sitko-6 families, we'll be back to this until it's done. In our next episode. In 2007, Estonia was on its knees, the victim of a vicious Russian cyber attack. Since that time, Estonia has risen to its feet, dusted itself off, and set about defending itself in a brilliantly planned and strategic way. So much so that the rest of the world now beats a path to their doorstep asking how to defend against Russia. Target USA sat down with the president of Estonia, Kersti Keljuleid, to hear firsthand how they do it. She said it's all about understanding Russia. To try to disrupt democratic processes is one of the approaches which uh, Russia has been taking. She says yes, Estonia has faced the giant, figured out the giant, and has developed a security system to protect itself and now the rest of the world wants to know how to do it. But the thing that she says is most important is big countries need to be on the lookout for Russia continuing to meddle. And here's the most important point about it is that, I mean, disrupting Estonian democratic process is as expensive as disrupting a bigger democracies processes, but it doesn't really pay off. So I think that here the risk is rather with the bigger, bigger countries in our exclusive interview, Cal Juleid talks about the Three Seas Initiative, transatlantic cooperation, and, of course, all of the things about Estonia that everyone wants to know. That's coming up on our next episode of Target USA. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate the opportunity to spend some time with you. If you have any questions about our program, send me an email at jgreen@wtop.com. at w-t-o-p.com. That's the letter J, the color green. That's one word at whiskey tango J green at WTOP.com. Also, please subscribe to our podcast and you can follow us on Twitter at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. And you can also sign up for my newsletter, Inside the Skiff. That's the inside world of national security, intelligence, espionage, terrorism. All of the things that matter when it comes to national security. You can sign up at WTOP.com slash alerts. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA.
2: The National Security Podcast.
1: From the creators of Cold Case Files and PD Stories comes the next great true crime podcast, I Survived. Every week, I Survived presents... Chilling first-person accounts from people who overcame deadly situations, allowing the survivors to describe the events as they unfolded and how they made it out alive. If you love true crime, you're going to love I Survived. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, PodcastOne.com, Apple Podcast, and many other podcast apps so you can get new episodes every week. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.